0: Welcome to the fifth episode of Online Theater Collaborative, Innovations in Digital Theater. I'm Neil Wexler, a playwright and filmmaker from Buffalo, New York. I'm very fortunate to be here today with scenic designer and production designer Jason Jamerson, professor of scenic design at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. He's been working on some super cool virtual design projects, And Jason, if you could tell us how you got started with those.
1: I've been hearing more and more about 3D software and and I just never got into it. I never had time to stop my workflow to do something new like that, but I kept seeing it more and more and more. And when the pandemic started, there was so much virtual theater, even though so many people were saying that they didn't want to be doing virtual theater, uh, virtual theater became a stopgap for getting to the next place and the next thing. And as an educator and as uh, someone who is very passionate about technology, I thought that there must be something out there that we could do it a better way. And so I started looking around at what other people were doing, and I found this guy on YouTube named Ian Hubert. He's a professional Hollywood uh, video effects guy, but he's also making a great quality, quality high-quality sci-fi film in his garage. And the way that he's doing it is using this software package called Blender where he can just film an actor in front of a green screen. And instead of putting the green screen footage just in front of some kind of a background, like we see that Zoom can do really easily or other software is doing, you can put the footage right into a 3D environment. And so I was already really salivating to to get into designing stuff in 3D because all of these great scenic designers that I've seen around me are doing their renderings and doing their models and walkthroughs. And so when I saw that he was able to put green screen footage right into a 3D environment, and not only just in front of it, but they can walk through doors, they can sit on things, I realized that's what I needed to try to learn how to do. So that's what I've been working on for the past few months.
0: I first got in touch with you after seeing a painting you had turned into a 3D virtual environment, Rain in the Oak Forest. Earlier this year, I directed and edited an online reading of my play, Grenadine, at the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival. And I've been thinking about what a world for that might look like. And right away when I saw your post on Instagram, I thought, oh my gosh, that would work. And I would just love to hear your overview of where you think virtual theater is now and where you think it might be going.
1: So for me, the biggest question for the virtual theater world is, Not just how can it hold us over until we get back to where we used to be, but how can we come back from the pandemic having grown, having more power, more capability than we ever had before? And we're seeing it in there's no cost to having a forest of trees. If you want a forest of trees, you have it. And we're seeing it also in the idea of permanence and that theaters can have a product that they can share with everyone for as long as they want. And so my passion here in studying 3D software and putting actors into a a virtual world that's built in a computer, I wanted to do that because as an educator, we have a responsibility to empower our students to be able to come up with the entire project and produce it themselves. And so what we're trying to do at UNO is ease into that. At the beginning of the year, we had no idea we were going to be doing but we knew that we needed to keep going just like everyone else so we did a couple of filmed productions and they went really well but once i found this kind of new technique that i've come across to put actors into the virtual world i was so fortunate in my colleagues and their gung-ho-ness to to innovate something to trust me to try it and uh what we're finding is that we can go to places that are much wilder in the imagination than we ever could have what we are doing right now, we're filming a Shakespeare medley or collage, a bunch of different scenes that have been put together by Scott Glasser, our, um, our director. And what I came up with was, since we're bringing Shakespeare into a high-tech environment, I want to take something visually old and have people look at it in a new way. And so what you saw, that painting is a part of a series of 12 or 15 paintings that a lot of them, everyone will recognize. But when you see them chopped up and made into a 3D environment, I hope that people will see them for the first time in a new way. And that's exactly how I want people to see Shakespeare, for the first time in a new way, virtually. But that it can have some of what makes theater, theater. It's not just film. It's, I want it to have the vitality of, being at a live performance. And so some kind of a way, that's what I want to strive for. I'm not sure how to perfectly achieve it yet, but uh, that's the goal.
0: It's a great goal and some real challenges, right? Will it have the necessary time to develop when it's no longer seen as necessary by a lot of companies, even though it has so much potential to invigorate the whole industry? And my question is, do you think we can overcome those challenges starting with that issue that some people bring up of whether or not it's actually theater as opposed to film
1: yeah you know i think that you're absolutely right and i think that we've all been thinking these things all summer right and and all fall and what it is for me is i've just zoomed out on the whole thing because all of these different media channels are sort of smashing into each other all at the same exact time For me, the fundamental difference between theater and film is that film, especially American film, has a big quotation marks realism that has a very specific set of expectations associated with it. When you go to a theater, you know what the style of that film is going to be. And for theater, there's so much more that can be done from darkness, from saturation of color, from timing, from immediacy of emotion. Um, There's a huge amount of potential for very theatrical visual recordings that are fundamentally different, that unmistakably different from what we call film. We just never see anything like that, especially in America. And so if we stand up and say we're going to make something great because we believe in ourselves and we believe in the story, it's gonna take us a few years probably to figure out what good looks like. But think about how good a lot of the production values of so many wonderful theater companies there are. When all those people turn their minds to making a visual recording, it's already happening. We're already seeing the work that's coming out now is light years beyond those first few months of the pandemic. And it's stunning and it's, it's a really heartwarming I think.
0: Totally. And you mentioned the time factor. I keep imagining a kind of incubator space where artists can work together on challenging virtual projects. And my question is, can you imagine a space like that that can actually thrive? It's so easy for projects like that to lose momentum and never get off the ground.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the cutting edge artists have always existed on the fringe, just as you said, and, they are the ones who we see what they did, their techniques popping up 10 years later, five years later in the mainstream. That fringe society of thinkers and innovators always has to exist. And what we have found from the pandemic is that the technology is ready for us to start storytelling in a way that's visually compelling, that has a lighting design, that has a set design, that has a sound design, that there's no reason for it to have a a budgetary cost very much at all, 10% of what you would normally need. We could workshop a new play in a way that would allow you as the playwright to say, oh, this is what I want to do, or this is how I want to change it, or this is enough that I want to put it out there, and it will be in a form that could get the whole emotional experience. Because the relationship between a, a designer supporting a story emotionally and physically, we can do that in the computer now much faster and much, much cheaper. And so as a professional senior designer, I've already switched over completely to making 3D renderings and models instead of physical models. And normally when I would, I could spend two or three weeks making a great model, or I could spend less than a week making a 3D virtual walkthrough. You can be in the set. I can have a full lighting design. I can have uh, the lanterns are lit. You know, it's just, you'll never have that kind of detail in a real model, as wonderful as they are. So there's room enough for everything. But those of us who are interested in everything have found a new whole thing to be interested in. And I think that's really wonderful. And if, we're, if we just keep running with it and growing it and talking to each other like this, which is so great, um, who knows what it will become. I think what we're seeing and what we're going to look back on this time as an incredible unleashing of tools and capability amongst the tens or hundreds of thousands of theater people who would love to do something new, tell a new story. It doesn't have to cost so much anymore to do something, especially to do it virtually. And I think we're gonna see a golden age of those unique stories that you were talking about.
0: It's so great to hear your optimism about this. Could you tell people where to find out more about your work and the projects that are happening at the university?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Jason Jamerson and on YouTube. And uh, there'll be links there to uh, UNO's theater website and our uh, our upcoming works. So our Shakespeare piece is going to be coming out on March 26th. So I should probably get back to editing that. Uh, it's uh, called Unsex Me Here, Shakespeare, a gender defying entertainment. So it is all of the scenes from Shakespeare that deal with Everything from cross-dressing to mistaken identity to the question of gender and power struggles, and that's what we're setting in our uh, world of classical paintings.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show today, talking about all the things you're working on. It was really informative and inspiring.
1: I'm so glad to do this. It was fun. And this is how we're going to be able to do more work for people who are interested, because we're going to find each other like this, and we're going to make those connections. And that's what we all need to do together.